Good morning and welcome to the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 394. It is Thursday, July 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and the nightmare continues. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. It is Thursday, and for lack of a better term, or maybe because I just want to use a pun or two here, it has been a nightmare week for cybersecurity. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search. Speaking of nightmares, I forgot to upload the podcast this morning, or yesterday morning, sorry. And therefore, yesterday's podcast, Wednesday's podcast, was uploaded pretty late in the day. And um, so if you didn't have a chance to listen to 393, go back and listen to that as well. Pad my numbers a little, would you? All right. um, Let's jump into it. The first up on threat post, macOS targeted in wild pressure APT malware campaign. Threat actors enlist compromised WordPress websites in campaign targeting Mac OS users. Threat actors known as Wild Pressure have added a Mac OS malware variant to their latest campaign targeting energy sector businesses while enlisting compromised WordPress websites to carry out attacks. Novel malware, initially identified in March of 2020 and dubbed Milum, that's M-I-L-U-M, has now been retooled with a Pi installer bundle containing a Trojan dropper compatible with Windows and macOS systems. According to researchers, compromised endpoints now allow the advanced persistent threat group to download and upload files and execute commands. On Wednesday, Kaspersky published its latest findings tied to the APT and malware, which it first discovered and reported in March of 2020. At that time, researchers noted wild pressure targeted Middle East organizations with C++ version of a Trojan called Milam. The latest sample of Milam reveals the addition of a self-decrypting VB script, Tandis Trojan, a macOS-compatible Pi installer, and a multi-OS guard Trojan, according to Dennis Legazio, senior security researcher at Kaspersky in a Wednesday post. A Pi installer bundles a macOS-compatible Python application and its dependencies into a single package, according to a technical description. The Pi installer Windows executable was detected in a telemetry on September 1st of 2020, showing version 2.2.1. It contains an archive with all the necessary libraries and a Python Trojan that works both on Windows and Mac OS. The original name of the script inside the Pi installer bundle is Guard, Legazo wrote. According to Kaspersky, which sinkholed new wild pressure, wild pressure command and control domains in spring of 2021, the threat actor used both virtual private servers and compromised servers in their infrastructure, most of which were WordPress websites. Clues to the malware's macOS compatibility include a script inside the Pi installer bundle, Guard, that checks macOS systems for other instances of Milam Trojan. Researchers note the code used inside Guard for encryption and network communications is OS independent, but host persistence methods are not. For macOS, Guard decodes an XML document and creates a plist file using its contents at home slash library slash launch agent slash com dot apple dot pi apple 
.plist to auto run itself, while for Windows, the script creates a run once registry key at software slash Microsoft slash Windows slash current version slash run once slash gd underscore system. Property list files or plist files are setting files that are used by macOS applications and contains properties and configuration settings and have been abused in the past by threat actors. So kind of similar to registry in Windows, plist is uh, what Mac uses for sort of the same purpose. Now, speaking of Kaspersky, Kaspersky Password Manager caught out making easily brute-forced passwords. If you're using Kaspersky Password Manager, you might want to regenerate any password created before October. Suppose you are in the business of generating passwords. It would probably probably be a good idea to use an additional source of entropy other than the current time, but for a long time, that's all Kaspersky Password Manager used. In a blog post to cap off an almost two-year saga, Ledger Donjon Head of Security Research Jean Baptiste Bedrun showed Kaspersky Password Manager, or KPM for short, was doing just that. KPM used a complex method to generate its passwords. This method aimed to create passwords hard to break for standard password crackers. However, such method lowers the strength of the generated passwords against dedicated tools. One of the techniques used by KPM was to make letters that are not often used appear more frequently, which Badoon said was probably an attempt to trick password cracking tools. The password cracking method relies on the fact that there are probably E and A in a password created by a human, then X or J or that of that the bigrams TH and he, each HE that is, will appear much more often than QX or ZR, he said. Passwords generated by KPM will be, on average, far in the list of candidate passwords tested by these tools. If an attacker tries to crack a list of passwords generated by KPM, he will probably wait quite a long time, and and the first one is found. This is quite clever. I'm sorry. He will probably wait quite a long time until the first one is found. This is quite clever. The flip side was that if the attacker could deduce that KPM was used, then the bias in the password generator started to work against it. So in other words, long story short, if they figured out that you used Kaspersky Password Manager KPM, they could then fine-tune the password cracking brute force tool to, I guess, use Kaspersky's methods to against them. In other words, they're going to try to crack it the way that they know Kaspersky would generate passwords. And so that's the the rub here on Kaspersky Password Manager. So if you're using Kaspersky Password Manager, you may want to change some of your passwords. That, uh, that was on ZDNet, by the way. So bleeping computer, fake Kaseya VSA security update backdoors networks with Cobalt Strike. Threat actors are trying to capitalize on the ongoing Kaseya ransomware attack crisis by targeting potential victims in a spam campaign pushing Cobalt Strike payloads disguised as Kaseya VSA security updates. Cobalt Strike is a legitimate penetration testing tool and threat emulation software that's also used by attackers for post-exploitation tasks and to deploy so-called beacons that allow them to gain remote access to compromised systems. The end goal of such attacks is either that of harvesting and exfiltrating sensitive data or delivering second-stage malware payloads. Interestingly, 66% of all ransomware attacks this quarter involved red teaming framework Cobalt Strike, 
suggesting that ransomware actors are increasingly relying on the tools as they abandon commodity trojans, the Cisco Talos incident response team said in a September quarterly report. The mal-spam campaign spotted by Malwarebytes threat act intelligence researchers used two different tactics to deploy the Cobalt Strike payloads. Malicious emails sent as part of this mal-spam campaign come with a malicious attachment and an embedded link designed to look like a Microsoft patch for the Kaseya VSA zero-day exploited in the Revel ransomware attack. So they're getting malware, mal-spam, that is, in the form of uh, fake Kaseya VSA updates, which are really Trojan horse viruses that are getting in and doing more damage. Um, hopefully nobody's falling for that, and, and, those, and they, those malware include Cobalt Strike. So hopefully nobody is falling for that, and if you are, you didn't learn your lesson, but if you're not, great, good job. And the nightmare continues. So Microsoft Print Nightmare now patched in all Windows versions, which is great news, right? So KB500-4948 is released to all versions of Windows, including versions of Windows 10, 16.07, and Windows Server 2016. Um, however, you know, with all of that being pushed out, Microsoft's Print Nightmare security patch is incomplete. While Microsoft says these security updates address the Print Nightmare vulnerability, security researchers have discovered that the patch is incomplete and it can be bypassed to achieve both remote code execution and local privilege escalation with the official fix installed. However, Zero Patch or O Patch has released free Nightmare Micro free Print Nightmare Micro patches on Friday that can successfully block attempts to exploit the vulnerability. Windows users and admins are recommended to do one of the following until a working patch from Microsoft is released. Do not install the July 6 patch and install zero patches, micro patches instead. Disable the principal or using, um, so there's a set of instructions here, but it's actually pretty easy to do. You just go into services and disable it. And uh, especially if you're not using it, just get rid of it for now until there's an official patch. So Microsoft says it's patched. It turns out patch didn't fix anything you have more work to do and we have quite a bit of HIPAA news today first up we have five ransomware attacks here professional business systems Inc operating as practice first medical management solutions and PBS MedCode Corp a provider of medical management services involving data processing for healthcare providers has suffered a ransomware attack in which files containing patient information were obtained by the attackers the ransomware attack was identified on December 30th, so seven months ago, and its systems were promptly shut down in an effort to contain the attack. Third-party cybersecurity experts were engaged to investigate the incident, and law enforcement was notified. Practice First has not confirmed whether the ransom was paid, but did say it received assurances from the attacker that the files copied from its systems have been destroyed and were not further disclosed. So they did pay it. There have been no identified cases of misuse, blah, 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 all the same story all the time. Um, they did pay. If they got re assurances that the data was, was destroyed, then they did pay. Prima Pediatrics has discovered some of its computer, and by the way, they didn't meet the 60-day notification rules. Prima Pediatrics has discovered some of its computer systems have been compromised, and malware was installed that rendered a few of our computer systems inoperable, and the data stored on those systems inaccessible. Prima Pediatrics said most of the data on the affected computers 
is thought to have been encrypted at the time of the attack, and there have been no reports of improper use of patient data. The investigation uncovered no evidence to suggest any patient data was exfiltrated by the attackers. Protected health information stored in the affected systems included names, diagnosis, and medical conditions, and medical histories. Hoyo Optical Labs has started notifying some of its patients about a ransomware attack in which some of the their protected health information may have been compromised. Hoyo, Hoyo Optical Labs, which is based in Japan, said only its U.S. systems were affected. The attack is believed to have been conducted by a cyber criminal organization known as Astro Team, which claimed on its blog that around 300 gigs of data were stolen prior to the encryption. Some of the data has been leaked online. Ransomware attack was detected by Hoya Labs on April 5th, with its systems initially breached on March 15th. 3,259 patients have been affected by the, by the attack. Penn Foundation, a West Rock Hill Township, PA-based nonprofit provider of behavioral health and substance abuse services, has been hit with a ransomware attack in which client data may have been stolen. The cyber attack was identified on February 10th, so that's five months ago, when employees were preventing prevented from accessing their computers. A third-party cybersecurity firm was engaged to assist with investigation remediation. The attack and confirmed that files containing client information may have been exfiltrated prior to the use of ransomware to encrypt files. Uh, 17,197 patients um, impacted. St. Paul, Minnesota-based Minnesota Community Care, MCC, is one of the latest healthcare providers to announce that it is affected by the November 2020 ransomware attack on the cloud-based IT service provider NetGain. So this is another victim of the NetGain attack. 64,855 patients were impacted. I'm not sure why it took them so long to uncover or report. It says that they confirmed it on April 30th. So again, that is a little more than two months, but a little more than two months that they confirmed it, but they've known about it for a while, apparently. And, not to be outdone, University of Wisconsin and Hospitals and Clinics Authority has reported a breach of its Epic MyChart portal, which has affected 4,318 UW health patients. Unusual activity was detected in the portal. An investigation launched on April, 30, uh, April 20th sorry, to determine the nature and extent of the breach. The investigation ran until May 4th and determined unauthorized individuals had access to the portal for a period of four months with dates of access ranging from December 27, 2020 to April 13th of 2021. UW Health said the individual had viewed the MyChart patient portal homepage, which displays clinical information such as hospital admission dates, appointment reminders, care team, subject lines of messages from providers, and prompts to view new test results. Pages were also accessed that included some patient appointment and admission dates, demographic information such as names, addresses, phone numbers, and email addresses, health insurance and claims information, diagnosis, medications, and test results. Notification letters were sent to affected patients starting on June 18th. Jones Family Dental in Ashland, Oregon, has reported a hacking incident in which the protected health information of 6,493 current and former patients was potentially compromised. An investigation was launched following the detection of suspicious computer activity, which revealed its computers had been accessed by an unauthorized individual between April 15th and April 18th. It was not possible to determine whether computers containing patient information were accessed, but the possibility could not be ruled out. 
practice does not believe any patient data was accessed or exfiltrated. However, notification letters were sent to affected patients as a precaution. Um, doesn't say how many there. Either. Oh, I'm sorry, it did say 6493. So almost 6,500 people. Um, you know, what can I say? So five ransomware attacks, one hacking incident, and one unauthorized access to my chart. It doesn't say... So I would have to guess that they had username and password somehow. So kind of um, a little concerning, I suppose. Anyway, that is going to do it for this edition of the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.